You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I am reporting to you live from Las Vegas. No, I'm not on, out on the strip partying and enjoying Vegas. I am in my room after a long day of freezing my butt off and the games at the Summer League. I mean, if you're not there, or if you had a chance to talk to anybody there, one of the first things that they're going to tell you, it is absolutely freezing in there. Like I want to wear a sweatshirt, but then on the way, when I go there during the day, it's 180 degrees. But anyway, live in Vegas, my time in summer league is wrapping up. I can only do Vegas for so long. But my guest who is joining me is Matt George from Locked On Kings, and we are going to talk about Davion Mitchell and his his summer league performance. Matt, thank you for coming on. And how's everything going in Sacktown? Sure as hell, a lot more boring than I'm sure what's going on in uh, Las Vegas. But funny enough, I feel your pain, Raphael. I, uh, you know, it's been like in the hundreds in Sacramento pretty much all summer long. And yet my office at the radio station that I work at, they pump so much AC in there that I actually have a small space heater that I have to turn on from time to time. So I, I understand that struggle. I understand that pain, but at least you're in Vegas and not Sacktown. Yeah, I've been to Sacramento once and, uh, not to knock Sacramento. I'm from Nebraska, born and raised in Nebraska. And my first time going to Sacramento, I'm like, this looks like the Midwest. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I didn't know it has been that hot this summer. I live in Dallas and, you know, I mean, I'm used to going 10, 12 days or even weeks with a hundred degree temps. And I think we've only had two all summer. So it's weird that Sacramento is hotter than, than Dallas. I know that is not normal. We, uh, we get some weird summers, man. It'll get really, really hot during the summer, and then it gets not super cold compared to other places in the country. Uh, but it'll, it'll get below freezing at times during the winter. So we're definitely up and down. But, hey, Sacramento, we're, we're known for three things. Uh, one, we're close to Tahoe. Two, we're close to the Bay Area. Uh, and uh, three, we have one basketball team, and that's basically it. So, hey, th- there you go. That's Sacramento in a nutshell. <laughs> It's the capital. It's the capital of California. I don't, most Californians don't even want to acknowledge that, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's weird because it's the capital of the state that is that has an economy that is bigger than most countries. Yep. And Sacramento is still forgotten. But speaking of heat and hot, Davion Mitchell has been hot to summer league. You know what? I have to catch myself. Hopefully I didn't. So many times I've wanted, I've been talking about Davian Mitchell and I say Donovan. Oh, me too. Me too. It's, it's been like three or four times. I actually had an interaction with Davion's uncle who reached out to me and we were just chatting a little bit um, on, on social media and to his uncle, I typed Donovan Mitchell. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that. It's not going to be the first time too. There's going to be, I'm sure plenty of slip ups, but uh, hopefully Davion's a good sport about it. Or maybe we'll start calling Donovan Davion and, and see how he likes that. That that means the Kings are playing really well. And that means he's a, an all-star, but it doesn't look like he's wearing 45 though, if I'm not mistaken. So nope. he's well, wearing that, 15. He's wearing DeMarcus's number. Oh, uh, that is right. So who's wearing 45? 
I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, actually, I, I would honestly have to look that up because I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe that's a way of kind of separating himself from the, the comparisons. I, you know, I, I, 15 did look a little weird, but that is Cousins. And it, I mean, should Cousins' number be retired? I know we're getting off subject here. Should it uh, be retired? I don't think so. As um, And I'm not the biggest Cousins fan in the world, although I did appreciate his time here in Sacramento. Um, but DeMarcus Cousins is statistically one of the best Kings of all time, Yeah, uh, but he never won more than 30 games in a season. And that's not all his fault. It's certainly on the Sacramento Kings as well. Uh, but when you have names up in the, the rafters of uh, the Golden One Center, like Vlade Divac and, uh, and Peja Stoyakovic and Chris Weber, of course, none of them won championships, but part of the best teams ever. Mitch Richmond up, up there as well. Uh, it just doesn't, to me, it just doesn't feel like DeMarcus Cousins belongs up there. But uh, he is forever a, uh, a, a king in a lot of people's minds. Uh, and like I said, statistically, one of the greatest kings of all time, maybe one of the best, maybe the best Kings draft yeah. pick of all time. Yeah, and I, I imagine statistically he has some huge numbers there. So, and he wanted to stay. You know what? He wanted to stay. He did. Got to retire his jersey. Okay. Well, I, we'll see if they do it, man. It would. There was some bad blood when he left. Let's just say that. And I don't know if all forgiveness has been handed out. Of course, the guy Vlade, who who didn't resign him and traded him away, is no longer here. So we speculated about the possibility of the Kings trying to get Demarcus Cousins and bring him back this offseason. I never thought it was going to be uh, much of a thing. I will say. Um, even if I wasn't the biggest fan of Demarcus Cousins and I didn't believe the Kings really could win building around him, he was so dominant and he was so much fun to watch and would would provide us with so much entertainment on a nightly basis to see his career go to where it's gone and, and to see him miss out on hundreds of millions of dollars that he yeah. would have gotten from the Kings or the New Orleans Pelicans or whoever he decided to sign with. I mean, people forget how damn good he was for the Pelicans before he got hurt and he just hasn't been the same since. So it's very easy to root for DeMarcus Cousins in that comeback story. I, I hope that he can get back to some inkling of that dominance because back in the day, man, good luck. Nobody could stop him. Yeah, I mean, it's been a combination of injuries and the game changed on him. That one year in New Orleans, he was better than Anthony Davis. Anthony was deferring to DeMarcus. But we can talk about Cousins all day long, and I'm glad we don't have to talk about him being the seventh center on the roster. Seems like they have a lot of centers. (laughs) Want to talk about Davion Mitchell. What are your thoughts on his summer league performance so far? Well, I'll tell you, and Raphael, you know this because we we just did a hit on Unlocked on Kings recently, but on draft night, you and I both kind of had the same reaction to the Kings selecting Davion Mitchell, right? And it was a why, right? And and a lot of it had to do with my own expectations, and this is my fault. What I brought into the draft was, hey, there are so many wings at this nine range. If the Kings decide to stay at nine, which there's a ton of speculation about them shopping the pick. I thought for sure they were going to end up with a wing, whether it was Moses Moody, Franz Wagner, I still think was at the top of the Kings board for that range. Uh, James Booknight was available. I thought for sure the Kings were going to end up with one of them, especially when we got to pick like six and seven. Uh, and and those all those names are still on the board. But I do believe that as soon as the Magic took Wagner at eight, the plan completely changed for Sacramento. And they, they scrambled a little bit. I think the fact that we didn't hear from Woj or Shams or anybody what the pick was going to be until like a minute left in the countdown clock means the Kings were shopping that pick to the absolute last second. And I think they ended up going with Monty McNair's philosophy, which is just take the best talent available, regardless of position, it doesn't matter. So on draft night, I was disappointed because I didn't 
think we were not going to have a wing coming to Sacramento uh, out of this draft. And I was talking about how it didn't make sense from a needs perspective, but the more I thought about it, what Davion Mitchell provides and what we're seeing in summer league, that on ball defensive intensity, that dog mentality, we've been asking for that in Sacramento for the last two seasons, at least really the last 15 years, to be honest with you. And, and seeing him provide that on a, pretty much a nightly basis uh, in the summer league has uh, has been intriguing to say the least. I will also say to Raphael, and I'd love your input on this too, how Davion is playing with this summer league team is going to be very different from how he plays with the main roster, in my opinion, depending upon what kind of lineups. If if he's in the game with Fox and Halliburton are on the bench, maybe you're leaning on him more to be that, that primary facilitator and, and even scorer at times. But if we're going to see a lot of this three-guard lineup, which we've talked a lot about and heard so much about, Davion's going to play a lot of off ball where three point shooting and then his off ball and on ball defense is going to be uh, incredibly important. So I'm taking everything that he's doing in summer league. I'm happy about it, but I'm also taking it with a little grain of salt because I don't know if the player he is right now is going to be the player that he will be on a nightly basis for the Kings main roster. Yeah. I mean, you said a lot there. One of the things that I, that stood out to me was you think that the pick came in late because they were shopping it. I was under the impression that this new front office doesn't leak. So they weren't leaking information. But then again, you can say that there are a lot of rumors about Franz Wagner. So maybe they were leaking. I don't know. But you you brought up a point that I didn't think of. But I, I do think that they were shopping it because it didn't make sense on the surface. Hmm. And now I think they have a dilemma. But we'll, we'll get into that when we return. But next... I want to talk to you about sweat block, sweat block wipes. They are doctor created, doctor recommended, works up to seven days per use, and it gives you a guarantee for a dry shirt. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you would get your money back. It's featured and tested on Rachel Ray Show, on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, bestseller on Amazon for the past two years, over 13,000 reviews. And it is manufactured in the USA. You can wear what you want to wear. Your secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bags, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit from sweat block. I might need some since I'm in Las Vegas, but at the same time, it's a little cold in the arenas. Why sweat block? Because sweat block is more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without having to worry about sweat. Guaranteed. Now, I know this may sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice per week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. The whole time. No pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Next, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com with the ever increasing numbers to makes and models of cars. It's now pretty much impossible for your local food chain or auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So, why would you want to go through the pointless questions about your car when you can just go to rockauto.com? You have access to it on your computer or your phone. You can save time when you use rockauto.com. There's no need to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same part from the chain store or car dealership. 
Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-to-selfers like myself. Well, I won't say myself because I'm terrible with cars. But for the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, the Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oils to even new carpet. So if your kids are standing up your carpet, dropping ice cream, go to rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find out the solution for your auto part needs. RockAuto.com. Check it out. You can see all their parts available for your car or truck. And if you write locked on in their how did you hear about us section, they'll know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. All right. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with Locked On NBA Draft with my guest, Matt George from Locked On Kings. If you watch the Locked On Live Draft Show, you missed one of the greatest performances I have to imagine in Locked On history. You have to check it out. Matt did a great skit. The voice, the cat, the purple robe, all of it was great. So I I didn't know that you had a little acting background. Was that a freestyle or... Most of it was ad lib, but if that's one of the greatest performances in lockdown history, man, what a low bar. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it was great. Fun. I appreciate it. I had some fun with it. What's funny is it was a king of tanking bit, and they approached me asking if I wanted to do it because, right, covering the Sacramento Kings, they haven't made the playoffs and been in the lottery for so long. The problem is the they Kings are so tanking. terrible. At, yeah, the Kings are so <laughs> bad at tanking that they'd probably be in a better position had they tried to actively tank. I mean, look at the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of tanking, but I did have a lot of fun with that bit. I'm glad people enjoyed it so much. My cat hated it, but, you know, it was good for the video. I, I really enjoyed it. It was hard for me because, you know, it's the live draft show, and I didn't know if our mics were muted because they told us our mics were hot. And I'm trying not to laugh and think, like, oh, my gosh, this this guy, what did John Stark say in that in the uh, – did this dude just did this? Do you remember that clip from uh, the 30 for 30? <laughs> I don't talk like that. But when I saw the 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 robe and when I, I think I asked Chad, I was like, where do you get that? Where do you get a purple robe like that at? The, the power of Amazon.com, baby. You can find anything on there. The problem is apparently you can't find a package that is both a purple robe and like a normal crown. All they have is like this purple pointed Pope crown that I ended up wearing. So I just embraced it fully, you know, but you can find anything that you want on Amazon. And, and yes, we uh, Sacramento Kings fans choose to spend their money on memorabilia that takes away the pain for at least a little while. That, that's funny. That was a great skit. All right. So let's talk about, again, Davion Mitchell. What are your thoughts on his defense? Like, we all knew that he was a good defender coming into this draft. Has he been better than advertised so far? I don't think so. And that's not to be a knock on him because we've seen him do it against competition that we'd expect him to do it against, right? Like, as great as that individual defensive effort was shutting down James Booknight, and we know how good of a scorer and, and dribbler Booknight is, it's, it's rookie on rookie. I'm waiting to see what Davion Mitchell does when he's guarding a Damian Lillard for the first time. I'm waiting to see what Davion Mitchell does. I hope we get videos in training camp of him guarding De'Aaron Fox just to see how he approaches that and how he can uh, pester that. And look, I'm not expecting a rookie in Davion Mitchell, even if he's 22 years old. I'm not expecting him to come to the NBA 
face up against the best guards in the league, especially in the Western Conference, and and have the success that he had at college and the success that he's had so far in the summer league right away. I expect him to learn a little bit, uh, make some mistakes, but I also expect him to do what he's done for years, which is study a lot of film, uh, recognize intangibles, use that high basketball IQ that he has, uh, and and pick apart his uh, his opponents in that way. So I wouldn't say I'm I'm surprised by anything, or it's been better than I expected yet. Uh, but I am happy to say, and I think it's a positive in itself to say it's been as advertised. And when you're getting something positive that's as advertised from the draft, because Raphael, you know this, we try and point out the positives of players and sometimes make them sound better than they are in the draft, which is such a crapshoot anyway. All the positives that we heard about Mitchell's defense, it's as advertised so far. And that to me is a huge gold star. I think it's going to translate one because the effort is always there. I would say the large, a large percentage of being a great defensive player is, is effort, and then making multiple efforts. He's a great multiple effort defender. Mm. That possession against Book Knight was just—I mean, he, he really had him in jail. And I think that it's going to translate to the NBA unless he hits the rookie wall, which is going to happen. Yeah, but he's going to be an irritant. He's going to harass guys. He's going to, you know, for a guy like Lillard, he's going to make him work that night. And then this is what I wanted to get your opinion on. So we all have some questions about their lineup. So if Davion Mitchell is going to be, let's say, their sixth man, and he's going to play 25 minutes per game, those minutes he's matched up against a starter, he's going to wear them out you're not going to want to play the kings or have mitchell guarding you after you just played the lakers and you probably went out with your friends and you went to nobu you kicked it and now you got a back-to-back against sacramento and now you got this guy in your shirt all night so my next question to you is what is the king's starting lineup and is davian mitchell in their starting lineup Day one, I say no, and I think that's pretty common for rookies, especially for a team in Sacramento's case where they're trying to win right away. Uh, I mean, I think the bigger question with the Kings starting lineup is Buddy Heald, whether or not he's going to be a part of that starting lineup, and we don't even know if he's going to be a part of a roster uh, come next season. So that's the bigger question mark there. I think it's pretty safe to say that Davion Mitchell is going to be coming off the bench. Now, at the end of the season, depending upon how well he plays uh, and how the season goes, we'll have to wait and see with that. The one thing I will say is we've heard a lot about this potential three-guard lineup, right, between Fox, uh, Mitchell, and, and Halliburton all sharing the floor at the same time. And I think we'll see that maybe in short stretches. I don't think we'll see that in heavy doses right away. But to me, there's no reason. Now, I'm not Luke Walton, and I'm not going to tell him how to build his rotations. But to me there should be no reason why two of those three aren't on the court together at the same time at all times. You're starting De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton together. Uh, maybe you uh, sub Halliburton out five minutes into the game or six minutes into the game. Davion Mitchell's the first one to come in and then you replace Fox with Halliburton and, and you just kind of rotate the three of them in and out. Like two of the three of them, definitely one of the three of them, but really two of the three of them I think should be on the floor at all times, which gives the Kings so much I mean, that's just such a big positive and uh, such a big bonus to have when your backcourt is going to feature one to two of those three at all times. I mean, that's just tremendous considering where the Kings have come from. Do you think that Mitchell can push Halliburton for minutes? Yeah, um, I, I actually do think he can. Uh, you know, 
Tyrese Halliburton had a very impressive rookie season. What impressed us the most about Tyrese Halliburton was his high basketball IQ, which is, I think, it's a it's, it's an asset that uh, Davion Mitchell has as well. Uh, at the start of the season, Tyrese Halliburton also shot the ball very, very well from three, especially in the fourth quarter. That kind of dropped off as he hit a wall and dealt with some injuries in the second half of the season. So I don't think it's absurd to say that uh, Halliburton's position and Stabat in the rotation is so secure that Mitchell, there's nothing Mitchell could do to replace him. Now, De'Aaron Fox, that's a different story. Uh, but to answer your question, I mean, I don't think it's absurd to think that there could be matchups and could be times where Tyrese Halliburton is replaced in the starting lineup by Davion. Would I bet on that happening? Probably not. Um, but I, I do think it's possible. Yeah, it seems like everyone has penciled Halliburton in as the starting two which we still don't know, like you said, what's going to happen with Buddy Hield. I think it's going to be really interesting. Like, I would love if they televised training camp battles. Like, if they had – I mean, I know they have, like, real – was it, like, NBA real training camp, whatever. I would love an unedited where we can see the training camp battles because I just imagine Mitchell is coming in, and he's – like you said, he's going to be in De'Aaron Fox's – I mean, he's going to be all in his, all in his stuff. Halliburton, it's, it's going to be interesting. When we return, I have some questions for Matt about Mitchell's offense. We know he can defend, but I want to ask him about Davion Mitchell on the offensive end. But right now, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Your baseball team, if they're in the playoffs. I live in Dallas. The Rangers aren't going there but head to the website use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts and the promo code is locked on all right now let's talk about davion mitchell on the offensive end of the floor in these summer league games you know between the two leagues and i know they have only played what two games here in vegas and then the the summer league in Sacramento. What did you think of him on the offensive end of the floor? I like how confident he is shooting the basketball, uh, especially in the most recent win against uh, the Washington Wizards. I think his first two baskets early on in the first quarter were two three pointers that were nothing but net. Um, and I've you know there there is the major question mark about was that final year at Baylor where he shot 44 45% from three point range is that an anomaly year after his first two seasons in college shooting in the high 20s and the low 30s so um but I, we've talked about this before Rafael what I'm asking for out of Davion Mitchell when it comes to a floor spacer is, is I don't need 44, 45%. I'd love it, but I don't need it. I don't expect it. I don't even expect 40 plus percent. Although once again, I would absolutely love that. But if Davion Mitchell can shoot 37 plus percent from three point range on three to four attempts the night maximum enough to respect him on the perimeter to where it just opens up that little extra space for a guy like De'Aaron Fox 
uh, or Tyrese Halliburton, I think that's a huge deal. So I, I've appreciated the confidence that he shot the three with. Like we talked about earlier, I, uh, the aggressiveness of him attacking the basket, I don't know if that's going to be super common with how he plays with the main roster versus how he's playing uh, in summer league. The one concern that I have is the free throw shooting. Um, he's been doing a good job drawing contact, getting to the line and being undersized. He's probably going to get a lot of those whistles just when he goes in the paint amongst the trees, maybe not as a rookie, but hopefully eventually in his career, he'll get those calls. And if you're going to be an undersized point guard in the league, not only do you have to have an outside shot, you have to shoot 30 or 75 80 plus percent from the free throw line um, to really be effective. So that's probably my biggest area of concern with him. Uh, and then I guess a little bit about his decision-making too, although he did have nine assists and no turnovers in the first summer league game uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. So that's great to see, uh, but has gotten a little out of control, left his feet and then been forced to throw the ball away or, or try a, a desperation pass. Little things I expect from a rookie, to be honest. So nothing overly concerning. The free throw shooting definitely has to get better. So if you had to guess his role on the offensive end during the season, what, what would your prediction be? If it, it, Honestly, it depends on who he's playing with. But for the most part, I would say a floor spacer and at best secondary facilitator. Like I, if, if he's sharing the floor with Tyrese Halliburton, I believe Tyrese is, is controlling or uh, um, running play the majority of the time. Same thing with De'Aaron Fox. I would say he's running um, or controlling play the majority of the time. So yeah, floor spacer is going to be, be a big deal. Maybe slasher off the ball cutter uh, in some spots, but also I expect him to use his ability to relieve some of the pressure on a guy, especially De'Aaron Fox. Relieve some of the pressure on Fox by taking over, uh, bringing the ball up the floor, allow Fox to run off the ball a little bit, maybe get some mismatches and some switches with off ball screens. Uh, primarily, if Davion Mitchell can space the floor, he can fit in with anybody in the Kings offense. So you're you're comfortable with, with Mitchell and Fox playing together in the backcourt? I'd like to see it. Um, I think I'd be more comfortable with Mitchell and Halliburton initially because I think Halliburton can play well with anybody. anybody I mean, yeah. we, we've, we, yeah, we've pretty much seen that already. I think Tyrese Halliburton could make Mitchell look good and vice versa. Um, but I mean, if De'Aaron Fox is going to be your star, he's going to be on the floor the majority of the time anyway. And if Mitchell wants to play significant minutes, he's going to have to learn how to play uh, with De'Aaron Fox. And to be fair, Fox is going to have to learn how to play with um, Davion Mitchell. And I know we're talking about offense here, but I did want to mention too defensively, I'm interested to see how the effort that Mitchell plays with, how that affects guys like Halliburton and Fox. We've heard about, oh, the defense that he plays with, it's so contagious. Like, you, you just you want to match his effort. I, I agree to some extent because if he's going to play that hard and Fox isn't, it kind of looks bad on De'Aaron Fox, right? But how much can we expect out of Fox when he's supposed to be the leading scorer to score 25-plus points a night, 82 games a season? So I, I'm interested to see how contagious that Davion Mitchell defense is for the rest of the guards and really the rest of this lineup. Um, but long roundabout way to go back to your question, I think initially I'm a lot more comfortable with with uh, Halliburton and Mitchell on the floor together, uh, but I want to see what he can do with the. All right, last question. All right, so everybody focuses on the starting lineup. Who do you think, based off the way the roster is today, right now, what do you think will be the Kings' closing lineup? And you have to figure with Mitchell's defense, he has to be involved in that closing group. I know it's a tough question. When you, when you come on my podcast, I can make the seat a little bit hot for you. And the listeners can't see your face, but <laughs> the look on your face told it all. 
No, what's funny is I I think you're 100% right. I think Davion Mitchell has to be on the floor if he's going to play with the defensive intensity that he's played with. This is where I really think that three-guard lineup is either going to make or break, right? So as of today, if let's say it's game one of the season and it's Kings and, I don't know, uh, pick a good team, Kings and Suns, and and the Kings are down by five with like three minutes left, I honestly think it's Fox... Mitchell Halliburton, not necessarily in this order, uh, but Fox, Mitchell Halliburton, Harrison Barnes at the four, and Rashawn Holmes at the five. Honestly, that's what I, that's really what I think it is just because you have to have Mitchell out there defensively. You're not going to hold De'Aaron Fox out of the game. And Tyrese Halliburton is just a smart, good, solid player on both ends of the floor uh, who had success with his fourth, fourth, uh, fourth quarter shooting last season. So as of right now, that's my closing five. Although with Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley still on the roster, Oh, uh, that's a, that's a good problem to have, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, you can look at it two ways. Could be a good problem or a bad problem because let's say it is the Suns game and they're down five and they lose by five and Buddy Hill doesn't play the last four or five minutes. That cannot be good for Luke Walton. It'll be good for the Kings media because now you're, you know, the radio stations and everybody's going to be talking about Buddy Hill not playing, Buddy Hill possibly being unhappy. It's a tough situation. And, you know, like on one hand, you feel like it could have been, this situation could have been avoided if they would have selected a wing. Hmm. At the same time too, though, you have to look at what's your future. And Hmm. I think it's pretty clear, especially in the case of Marvin Bagley, Although there, I mean, I, I guess it's not super clear. I was about to say, is there anything clear with Marvin Bagley? It, it seems like the Kings are, are don't view him as part of their future. I think it's safe to say the Kings don't really view Buddy Heald as part of their future with how aggressively they've been shopping him. And, and I agree with that. So I, as much as I would understand Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley being pissed, not being on the floor in the fourth quarter, they're not part of your future. Davion Mitchell, Fox, and Halliburton are. And especially if those three give you the best chance to win, even if you do lose. And look, I expect the Kings to lose with that closing lineup uh, from time to time, especially against a team as good as the Phoenix Suns in this hypothetical scenario. Um, you got to focus on your best. That is also your, your future going forward. And the way Davion Mitchell plays, and from what we've heard about him, I have a hard time believing that Davion's not going to be one of the best to be in that spot uh, in the fourth quarter. I, I, I agree. I right, one last question. I, I, I lied. I, I said I thought I had one, but one more. What are your thoughts on Summer League as far as the veterans on the team coming to Vegas and showing up for the game? So, you know, I was at the Warriors game today. You saw Draymond there. You saw Steph there. Um, it seems like the whole Grizzlies team is here in Vegas. Even the, the um, I mean, the Clippers, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard were here supporting the summer league team. I'm not, and I, I could be wrong here, but has Bagley or Hill or any of the Kings veterans been here in Vegas at summer league? No Marvin Bagley, nobody healed as far as I can tell. Tyrese Halliburton has been here. And in fact, there's been videos of Tyrese Halliburton working out with some of the young players, including working with Davion Mitchell. So that's an instant plus right there when they can come be a part of practices as well. And, and this was an off day workout that I think they on impromptu uh, impromptu scheduling. Some of the Kings assistant coaches were there working with both Mitchell uh, and Tyrese Halliburton, as well as a, a couple other players. De'Aaron Fox 
was there at Summer League um, in Sacramento, the California Classic. I don't believe he's been in Vegas. And I know this doesn't technically count, but it was kind of cool to see Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, watching the Kings and Hornets supporting his brother, Alex Antetokounmpo, uh, who is on the Kings Summer League roster. So that doesn't really count, but it was cool to see Giannis supporting the Kings. And so it, like, it, it fulfilled some kind of wild, very, very weird fantasy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, you know, Giannis may decide that I want to go play with my brothers, and I, I think Sacramento is the place. <laughs> yeah, even that feels gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Where can the listeners listen to you and, and, and find some of your work at? Locked on Kings, man. Uh, daily podcast covering the Sacramento Kings. And look, I know the Kings aren't the most exciting team to follow. I know it's been a while since the Kings have been good, but we try to have a lot of fun uh, covering the Kings. I get great guests like Rafael Barlow on the podcast uh, all the time. And, and we try and laugh our way through the pain and through the misery, but we do truly have high expectations for the team this season. Uh, and a lot of what they do this off season is going to, uh, I guess, gauge how excited we really truly should be. I don't believe the Kings are done by any means. I think Monty McNair is aggressively looking for trades, whether it's a Ben Simmons trade. Uh, I just talked with the uh, Locked On Bulls host, Big Dave, uh, talking about a potential Kings uh, and Bulls sign and trade for Lowry Markkinen, sending Marvin mm. Bagley uh, to the Chicago Bulls and just kind of swapping those two players who haven't worked in, in either environment. So we're, we're talking about that, breaking that stuff down. Plus, during the dog digs, uh, days of summer before training camp starts, have some fun, creative, uh, different ideas and things that we'll be doing on Locked On Kings. So please, uh, please join me there. I would love to see you and uh, we can uh, kumbaya together through 15, 16 seasons of this garbage. <laughs> yes, it's a must listen. Matt has, I mean, he brings this, this energy. Like, you know, we talk about Davion Mitchell bringing energy on the defensive end of the floor. Matt brings that type of energy to his podcast. It's creative. It, it's funny. And it has to be a bright spot for Kings fans because I imagine, you know, he, You've been listening, you know, your team hasn't made the playoffs in five years. Honestly, I just enjoy listening to your podcast, the, the energy and the creativity that you bring. So you're definitely one of the best in the business. And hopefully the Kings can be good, which will expand your platform because, I mean, you know how it is. It's a, everybody likes to follow a winner. And, and if the Kings end up being this year's Phoenix Suns, then uh, Matt Matt's going to be too big for locked on NBA draft. I uh, don't I don't know anything about that. Don't do it for me, Kings. Do it for the freaking city, for God's <laughs> sake. We we need it. But no, Raphael, I appreciate you, man. I will never ever ever be too big to speak with you, and be too big to speak with locked on NBA. In fact, it's vice versa. I'm more concerned about you getting too big to come on locked on Kings after the excellent job that you, Chad Ford, and John Corrales did on that that draft show. I look forward to seeing what you do next year. Although, with all respect, I hope I'm not talking to you about a lottery. <laughs> Next year. I, I could do with a break, okay? I could do with a break. Yeah, you, if there's anyone that deserves one, it's you and all the Kings fans. I mean, was it 15? 15 years? 15. If, it, if, if they miss again, it'll be 16 straight, which is an NBA record. Man, 15 years ago, I was wearing huge jeans and, and baggy t-shirts. and. <laughs> 15 years ago, I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, man. This is Raphael with Locked On NBA Draft with Matt George from Locked On Kings. And we are out.